This episode is brought to you by Ursa Minor Outfitters. Folks, I'm absolutely in love with my Loon mug. It's handmade. It's an absolute piece of art. Whether it's at the office or at the house, people keep asking to check it out. If you're not a Loon fan, they also have other beautiful mugs for wildlife fans of moose, bears, and eagles. They specialize in products highlighting the outdoors and local pride through quality design by local artists. They've even started expanding into items beyond mugs, like apparel, dog accessories, and soon candles and more. They also try to partner and highlight other small businesses and in some cases forgo profits in lieu of charitable giving to help their community such as the dog rescue. So check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and enter promo code hikesmikes10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for our four-legged hiking partners they also have a portable silicone dog bowl and also sweet over-the-collar dog bandana. Go check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and don't forget to enter promo code hikesmikes10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I'm your host Ivan and I'm excited to share this new season of the podcast with you. With both fall and winter arriving in the Pacific Northwest, it's time to store the mobile recording studio. This season we'll be switching things up and interviewing some of my favorite hikers that I follow on Instagram virtually. We're following a similar format to season one where the first part of the episode focuses on the guest and their hiking adventures and we're still going to end each episode with a speed round of this or that questions all related to hiking. Today's episode features currently splitting her time between Arizona and Washington. You can follow her on Instagram and TikTok at Beyond the Sidewalks. First, I want to thank Allie for not just coming on the podcast to share about her experiences hiking and her most recent move to Arizona, but also for being vulnerable on today's episode and sharing her story. She's truly an inspiration and a light of positivity. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Allie. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm really excited to be talking to Allie this episode because she did something similar to me, but on the opposite spectrum. So I was living in Phoenix and moved to the Pacific Northwest. Allie was living in the Pacific Northwest and moving to Phoenix. So it was great to see those parallels. Uh, Thank you, Allie, for joining us on this episode. I want to give the viewers and the audience members a little opportunity to learn about yourself. Uh, well, hi, y'all. My name's Allie. I guess a couple things to know about me is uh, I consider myself to be a pretty adventurous person. I feel like I have this insatiable desire to always be where I've never been. So whether that be physically, mentally, spiritually, I just don't like for any two days to be the same. I always want to be learning something new, experiencing something new. I ain't never met a stranger. I'll talk to anybody. I love hearing people's adventure stories, how they see the world, how they think. And I guess a a combination of those things is kind of like what led me here on the podcast. So thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited. Oh, same here. Been looking forward to this episode for a while. Now, Allie, how long would you say that you've been hiking and what kind of got you started into into hiking and backpacking? So... 
I've actually only been hiking for a little over a year and a half. I grew up the oldest of four kids and my dad used to always take us camping in the summer. We would go rollerblading, biking, taking walks. We were just encouraged to be active and be outside and he taught us to travel and that just always really stuck with me. So kind of fast forward from childhood to about five years ago, um, my youngest brother, he unexpectedly passed away and it really ripped my world apart. Um, it really just tore the ground out from underneath my feet. And with a loss like that, it doesn't really get easier as time goes on. So kind of fast forward again to spring of 2021, I had just hit a really low point in my grief. Um, and I just knew that I needed to make a change. I couldn't continue living the way that I had been. I had quit my job and I was going to school full-time and doing prerequisites to apply to dental school. Um, I quit school. I ended up dedicating myself to becoming my own boss so that I would have flexibility over my schedule. And I started hiking. I don't really know where hiking specifically came in, but hiking became a really spiritual thing for me. It really helped me go from just purely surviving every day, which is absolutely no way to live, to thriving. Because when I thought about my brother, he was only 24 years old. And even though he was successful, I know he had dreams and goals and he was not planning on dying that day. So it's been a really hard reminder that we are not brought to this earth to stay and we're not guaranteed another day. So whatever your dreams are, whatever your goals are, make moves to do those things today. If you have someone that you need to tell them how you feel about them, do it today. Whatever those experiences you want to have, make them your reality. Because again, we're just not guaranteed anything other than our present moment. And when, sorry, one second. I obviously, it's a really emotional subject for me. So I just need a second. Sorry for your loss too. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I just think that everybody is worthy and deserving of living out their dreams. And for me, it, it started with one trail. And not only has my hiking exponentially grown since then, but I've also grown as a person a lot since then. And I, I think that's really where my healing started. And I'm just ready for more. Oh, that's great to hear, Allie. Yeah, I feel like hiking for a lot of people is, is something that is not just physical, but it definitely heals the spirit, the soul, regardless of, of what's going on around you. It's it's one of those things where I think a lot of people do it to not escape the rat race, but to kind of get their moment of, of zen in a way, to, to kind of see the beauty that's around you and really tap into that. Or I have a, a great friend in, in Hawaii that went through a similar loss with her brother. And on his birthday, every single year, she goes and does a new hike or, or something new out of her comfort zone as kind of in memory of him and in, in honor of him. And it's it's definitely been something that's 
that's helped her. And I think, yeah, hiking, I, I know a lot of people think it's it's a physicality, but it's it's much more than that. It's spiritual, it's it's healing, it's it's a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Yeah, thank you so much for um being open enough to to let me share that because it is, you know, a really emotional thing for me to talk about. And and I think I, I see that a lot in people when I'm hiking and I'm I'm talking to other people because I hike alone a lot and I meet a lot of other people who hike alone. And you hear a lot of stories like people are really willing to open up because when you're out there on the trail, it really brings you back to basics of what's really important. And so when you're open enough to talk to people, they open up to you and you get to hear these incredible stories. Um and a lot of them do start from something that has been something really difficult for them to deal with. But now they're kind of, you know, you don't really ever get to the other side of it, but you have a story to share and it it brings this meaning to your life that you never knew that you were going to have before. Definitely. You know, th- this season, it's definitely been a theme with a lot of the guests where the hiking community is one of the nicest communities out there. Like there's never been a moment on the trail where I felt somebody being angry or shouting. The only time that happens is when people are doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And then, yeah, yeah. then people become vocal. But besides that. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I Even online, I don't see the hate that I see in other communities. Um, everything is really positive, uplifting, everyone sharing each other's content, leaving, you know, leaving nice comments. Yeah, it's just incredible. And I didn't expect that going into it, but it just feels like I'm being led in the right direction. And I just have, you know, hiking just really gave me a, a new appreciation for life that I didn't think that I could ever have again. Oh, that's great to hear. You know, we kind of talked about it before we started the, the episode, but that's kind of one of the, the big reasons why I started this podcast is because before I was recording it, I was having these really engaging conversations with people on the trail. And I wanted to capture those moments because a lot of the times the people that you interact with on the trail, very seldom do you encounter them again. So to, to be able to capture that moment and, and just have it recorded has been really a blessing and being able to share everyone story that that wants to come on here and be on the podcast has been something that's been really special so we kind of briefly talked about it Allie, but you're now in arizona is, is that your home base home is always kind of a difficult question for me to answer because i definitely have more of a gypsy soul so i feel like home is really wherever i am in that moment louisiana has always been like the true home of my heart both my parents are from louisiana i grew up going there new orleans is my favorite place in the world i grew up in the pacific northwest so i think from the outside in a lot of people consider that to be my home and And then a little over a year and a half ago, I decided that I was going to move to Arizona. And then a couple months before I actually moved, I made the decision that I would be going back and forth between Arizona and Washington. Um, But as far as where I spend the most time, that would be currently Arizona. Yeah, it's a subjective question uh, because myself, you know, born and raised in, in the Pacific Northwest, but Hawaii was a place that really felt like home for me. So when people say, where's home? I still say the Pacific Northwest, but say that Hawaii is just, you know, waiting for me in a couple of years to be able to, to go back. So definitely subjective and not necessarily where you're physically at, but more where, where your spirit's at. 
Now, Allie, as a new Arizona resident, I noticed that you've already got to visit a lot of the diverse regions there in Arizona, not just the desert, which, you know, people think Arizona, they immediately think desert and heat. Has there been a place in Arizona that you visited that's kind of already won a a piece of your heart? Yes, I would say Prescott for sure. So back in January of this year, my friend and I came and visited Arizona for a few days and I had never been to Arizona before and he'd been here a few times. So we stayed in Scottsdale and we drove up to Sedona, but we passed through Prescott and Jerome, which both were really interesting to me. But when we got out of the car in Prescott, there was just something about it that really spoke to me. And since I've moved down here, I've gone up to Watson Lake a couple times, um, paddleboarded one day, did a sunset uh, hike around the lake. And I'm just excited to go back and learn more about the city. There's just something about it that draws me to it. Yeah. And that was something that really kind of led me to, to follow you on Instagram is I think one of the first posts that I liked was your post from Watson Lake and you just captured it so perfectly because it's not something that you expect in Arizona, but it's so unique with the rock formation and, you know, just its general surroundings that I was like, oh, I remember this place. That was a very special place in Arizona. Yeah, it's funny you say that people don't think of it as, um, as Arizona looking like that, because one of my friends actually questioned whether or not it actually was Arizona. And I was like, yeah, of course it is. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what is Prescott? Maybe an hour and a half from Phoenix, if that? Yeah, I think it's only like an hour and a half. Yeah, super close. Now, looking through your Instagram and your Pacific Northwest adventures, one theme that I kind of noticed at the beginning was you kind of really enjoyed the alpine lakes in the in the Pacific Northwest. Is there one? I know there's a lot of them out there that are beautiful and gorgeous, but is there one that you still catch yourself daydreaming of? Yeah, I mean, I love a lake hike. I will pick a lake hike over over anything else. I think the one that, and it's really hard to just pick one. So I think if I had to pick one, I would say uh, Vivian Lake and it's in the Enchantments. So of course, because it's in the Enchantments, it kind of goes without saying that it's kind of out of this world. The Enchantments are incredible from beginning to finish. And I think what was so significant about the lake was when we came up to it, I was in such awe because I had never seen anything like that before with the rock wall in the background, the clear reflection on the water. And I think it was the first time that I realized the world that hiking was opening up to me. So it was just a really defining moment and in feeling like I was kind of limitless in what I could do with this. And with with the enchantments, Allie, did you get a chance to backpack up in the enchantments or did you just do a through hike where you you hike through? I actually got a chance to backpack. So a friend of a friend got a permit. And as soon as they invited me, I was like, I'm down. There's no way I can miss this opportunity. So we camped at Snow Lakes. We did a day hike up to Vivian Lake one day. And then the next day we hiked all the way to Asgard. So we were there for three nights, four days. Absolutely incredible. And then a couple weeks later, I went back and I did Kolchuk. So I walked, you know, all the way up to Asgard. Haven't actually done Asgard yet, though. So I feel like saying I've done the enchantments is a little bit of a cheat. 
I really want to do a through hike and do Asgard Pass and do the whole thing in a day, just so I can feel like I can truly say that I did the enjambments. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to get you in, in contact with my friend Rachel. Every year for the last three years, that's what she does with um, a group of friends, is that she'll start at Kolchuk and then do it within a day and then end up, I think, at Snow Lake is where you, you finish off the loop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. I want to do it. I think it's a rite of passage as a as a Washington <laughs> hiker to do the full thing in one day, start to finish. Yeah, especially with the permits nowadays with the lottery, it's it's hard to to get a permit up there. And if you can do it in a day, what an experience! So that that brings an interesting question, Allie, because you said that you'd only been hiking for a little under two years, right? And you already knocked out the enchantments. You know, Asgard Past is one of those things where. <laughs> Like it's it's okay to leave it towards the end because that is just a, a brutal hike. I've only made it up to the top of Asgard Pass and then I was like, nope, I'm I'm done for the day. <laughs> my my legs are gassed. Did you go back down? Yeah. Oh, I I've heard that that's harder going down it. Yeah, it it was hard on the knees. <laughs> you might as well just go all the way through. <laughs> and I'll see if I can find the picture, but this was like 2000. 13 maybe so by the time i reached kolchuk it was already starting to get pretty dark and a rock slide happened down asgard pass oh, no. yeah i don't think anybody else was on it but i couldn't tell how big the slide was because it was just a plume of dirt and and debris but i was like oh thank goodness i wasn't there <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely it's um i mean it's mother nature it's <laughs> Yeah, you just never know. But doing the, the enchantments, like one of your first solo hikes, if I'm not mistaken, was climbing to the top of Humphreys Peak in Arizona, which for our audience members, if they don't know, that's the tallest peak in all of Arizona. Can you kind of share with the audience that experience of, of hiking Humphreys Peak? Uh, Humphreys was incredible. So kind of to back up a little bit, when I moved to Arizona, I really didn't know anything about Arizona. I just kind of moved here and decided I was going to see what happens. So I knew that it was flatter and the terrain would be different, but there is a big difference in elevation gain on hikes and the the length of a lot of the hikes as well. So just like the difficulty level is a lot different. So when I was looking at all these different hikes on all trails, I came across Humphreys. And I think it's 3,400 feet in elevation gain. Um, at the top, I think you're at 12.6. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm for sure doing this. And I'm so glad I did because I didn't realize what a big deal it was. But once I got on the trail... Everyone was so excited to be on the trail. You know, they're all talking to each other like, have you ever done this hike before? No, this is my first time. I've lived in Arizona my whole life and I've never done Humphreys. So everyone was just so hyped up and it made the day really fun, honestly. And once I got up to the saddle, I was actually videoing so I can hear myself in the background of the video just saying, wow. Because once you get above the tree line and see that view for the first time, it's mind blowing. It just looks like a painting. And then once you get to the top, it is a complete 360 view. 
Luckily, I went on a clear day so I could see everything. I've never been at the highest point of anywhere. So it was like being in an airplane, except you're not. You're you're on the top of a mountain. You can feel the wind on your face. You can smell the air. I mean, I've just never experienced anything like that. The only downside was that a storm was coming in. And this is another thing I've never experienced before is that you can actually see the storm from miles away. You can see the wall of rain. In the Pacific Northwest, the sky is just gray. It's raining everywhere. There's no wall of rain. Um, there's also a lot of obstacles, so you can't really you know, see as far. But I could see the storm, hear the thunder coming in, so I didn't really get to spend a lot of time at the top. So make my way back down. Probably a couple miles towards the end, it started raining, but you know, nothing I'm not used to, but it was absolutely incredible. I'm I'm really glad I did it. I would do it again. Oh, congrats on, on doing that. I personally have never got to the peak. I cheated and did the gondola from Ski Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Up to I think it was like ten thousand feet. But even that view, I you know, you only saw one section of, of the valley. But Humphreys Peak, it's centrally located for the audience if they don't know. And on one side is a beautiful valley that kind of leads you to the Grand Canyon. But then on the other side, there's all these other I'm pretty sure they used to be volcanoes, um, kind of dotted across the the eastern side of it it's just a, a very unique place up there in northern arizona yeah it really is and kind of like you're saying you know the elevation gain wasn't that bad but for people that don't know i think flagstaff sits well over seven thousand feet in elevation yeah i think what a lot of people do is if they're they're not used to being up that high what they do is they stay the night in flag and then they do the hike the next day that way it doesn't affect them as much on the hike oh, smart i personally didn't notice anything but i mean maybe i was just having a good day i don't know <laughs> And you recently got a chance to go back up to Flagstaff and experience the the Fall Colors Arizona style. Um, How was it doing, was it the Aspen Loop Trail? And what would you say is the biggest difference between Fall Colors in Arizona and Fall Colors in Washington? Yeah, so my best friend and I, she's an Arizona native. She's actually never been up to see the Aspens. So she was really excited to go. And so we go up, we do the loop, and... It was the same kind of thing with Humphreys is that it's a destination spot. So everyone is so excited to be there. So everyone's like smiling, laughing and, you know, posing for their Instagram pictures. And it it was a lot of fun. And I would say the biggest difference is that it's just all yellow. I mean, it's incredibly gorgeous, but it's all yellow. In the Pacific Northwest, what, you know, what I'm used to is that you have a mix of reds, oranges, yellows, greens. And then a lot of the time you have the, the gray sky in the background, which is kind of muted, which makes the colors pop even more. So I wouldn't necessarily say that either one is better than the other, but it is different. Yeah, definitely worth experiencing. I didn't get a chance to do full bloom Aspen leaves. I was there when they they were barely starting to turn. I wish I got a chance to go back because your pictures, it's like you said, it's a wall of yellow. And then what's interesting about the Aspens is like, don't they have a white bark on the outside? So it even makes it contrast even more. Yeah, it has like this white crackled bark. And I agree, it definitely makes it a bigger contrast. Definitely. And 
And one thing I don't think I've mentioned it in previous episodes is I'm extremely colorblind. So when I can notice like the, the colors pop, then I know it's something spectacular. Like if it's spectacular for me, I know for other people that could see the colors, it's even more. <laughs> That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's it's pretty bad with um, blues, greens, like basically every single color. I can see them. I just can't differentiate between like the shades. Like if you put purple and blue, they're going to look the same to me. Or red and green especially. So when I do notice colors or they, they do stand out, I'm like, okay, this is something spectacular for, for the rest of the people, but spectacular for me. You're like, this must be really good. Yeah. <laughs> I need to invest in the, the color um, correction glasses that, that I've seen. Have you ever tried them? I tried them once, but it was at like a medical office and there wasn't anything big that would pop. I could see the, the colors, but I needed something like the Aspen Loop Trail. You could see the white wall. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to see something that would definitely make it pop because people cry when they put them on. Um, and that's what I was kind of expecting, but they just didn't have the, the colors that I needed. Well, something that you mentioned earlier on, Allie, is that you moved to Phoenix in the middle of the summer. And, you know, that was one of my struggles being there is, you know, you had to pick the right moments to do your hiking in the summer months there. Because during the daytime, I know people do go out there and hike during the day, but most people choose either the early mornings or the evenings. Were you able to hit up a couple of the trails this summer? And if you did, what kind of tips or tricks do you have for the audience if they're going to be visiting in, in the summer and, and want to explore the area. Yeah, so I moved into my place on July 1st. So it was hot, but I was so excited to get here that I just wanted to get out and start doing things. And I didn't want to let the heat prevent me from doing that. So the first hike that my best friend and I went on was West Clear Creek. And it did have a significant amount of tree coverage, but it was a over a hundred degree day. Um, it was a 10 mile hike that we did. I think what really helped was that there's quite a few creek crossings. And then at the point where we decided to turn around, you could get in the water. So there was a lot of opportunities to be able to cool off. In general, for tips, I would say hiking in the summer here. I mean, you're always going to hear start early, bring a lot of water, but kind of going further than that, you need you definitely need to be hydrated on a daily basis. And I always hydrate more the day before. I make sure I have a good breakfast the morning of. I drink water on the way to the hike. Um, it goes without saying to bring a lot of water with you. A surprising amount of people don't bring electrolyte replacements with them. I always have a lot of electrolyte replacements and plenty of snacks. And you also don't have to do a long hike. You can you can do shorter ones and still experience a lot of really good views. Oh, that's a great tip because I feel like the, the city of Phoenix or just that general area, they have so many regional parks that do have short hikes where you don't have to commit to, you know, a six or eight, 10 mile hike. You can still enjoy the outdoors and, and get a, a little hike in. That's a great idea because I didn't think about that when I lived there. You know, I was expecting, now I want to do like this five, six mile hike, but sometimes you just can't with the heat. Good tip. Good tip, Allie. Now, outside of Washington and Arizona. Is there another state or region that you like to explore and hike in? So all of my hiking experience really has been in Washington and Arizona. In the summer of 2021, I have a friend who is doing some training down in Oregon. So I went down and visited him. We did the Trail of Ten Falls, which is a really popular hike there. And it's gorgeous. The, the hike itself is really not that difficult, but it's totally worth doing. Really beautiful. And actually, you know what? 
I did go to Oregon another time. I went to Bend with a girlfriend for a weekend and we did the Three Sisters Summit hike. I'm not sure what the trail is called, but we actually didn't make it to the summit. Unfortunately, we got super close, but we knew that we had taken a long time getting up there. So we ended up turning around. We ended up hiking back in the dark anyways. So honestly, we probably could have made it and been fine. But where we made it to was so beautiful. I'm honestly like not disappointed. I would love to explore Oregon more. I definitely want to hike in California. I'm planning my birthday trip in California. So I want to hike there. I of course want to go to Utah, Montana, Colorado, New Mexico. I I mean, I'm ready to go. I want to I want to see things. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited for you to to check out Utah being so close. It's one of those destinations that, you know, for for Arizona folks, it's not that long of a drive. Um, You could do it in a weekend. I'm excited to see those pictures when you make it over there. Now, I feel like a lot of hikers, Allie, have a I made it ritual, whether it's at the summit or maybe it's once they get back to the car. Maybe it's a favorite snack or a meal, maybe some trail brews or even just a moment of zen. What would you say is your I made it ritual? I don't think I really have an I made it ritual on the trail. So after a hike, I'm all about having a huge meal. I want to have a big meal and a coffee. Those are my two things that as soon as I'm done with a hike, that's all I can think about. Is there a specific cuisine that tends to call your name more? Is it Mexican, Chinese, a burger? Is there something that tends to call you a little bit more? I think a lot of the times it's a burger. And to be honest, it's usually not going to be something that healthy. Like I want to go to Red Robin, Jack in the Box, um, salty tacos from Taco Bell. Like if it tastes good, it's bad for you. I want it at the end of a hike. (laughs) A very well-deserved meal, especially after some of the hikes that you've done. Like Humphrey's Peak. Oh, yeah. I could have gone through the, the whole menu of Taco Bell if I did that that hike in Arizona. Now with your pack list, I'm imagining it's changed a little from up in the Pacific Northwest to Arizona. What would you consider to be your MVP of hiking gear uh, for your Arizona pack list? Honestly, I would say that my MVP hasn't changed from Washington to Arizona. And people probably get tired of hearing me talk about this. But Aside from all safety gear, obviously, my MVP is my black diamond trekking poles. So when I first started hiking, I wasn't using trekking poles. And then I decided that I was going to do Blanca Lake, which again is another, I think it's 3,400 feet in elevation gain. So at the time, it was really out of my league. So I decided that I was going to buy trekking poles. Total game changer. I mean, they're incredible. And the ones that I have, they have a a twist lock mechanism at the top. And then it has a tension cord through the three pieces because they're collapsible. And I've seen other people who have the ones that have the, I guess it's a flip lock and they'll have three different ones that go up the pole. And three people I know personally have issues with those because they start sliding as you're using them. I never have issues like that with these. And I take them on every single hike. And it's not always that I necessarily need them, but they kind of keep my momentum going. And then also, surprisingly, because I'm a pretty active person, um, I can be a little bit clumsy. So 
they help me keep my balance if I trip on a rock while I'm looking at a great view. And then I really feel like they save my knees on the way down as well. Oh, most definitely. I do hiking poles as well. I'll have to um, research the ones that you said, the, the black diamonds. Because, yeah, that's my biggest struggle is normally I get the ones with that latch. And they'll last a season or two. But after maybe two seasons, they start to give. And that's the worst thing to happen when you're going on the descent is you put it down and it just sinks down when you're not expecting it. But I'll have to get that and I'll include it in the show notes so people can check them out. Because, yeah, if they just have that locking mechanism rather than the latch, you don't have to worry about that failing. So on the flip side, Allie, has there been a piece of gear that you thought would be a game changer but turned out to be more of a flop? Unfortunately, yes. So when I was going on the backpacking trip in the Enchantments, I wanted to bring a water filter with me. So I did a lot of research and the MSR, I think it's called the MSR trail shot uh, pocket water filter. It has a handheld reservoir that you're supposed to be able to pump the water with. It has one hard side and the other side is soft. I honestly don't know if it's a product issue or maybe my hand's just too small because it it hurts my hand so much to try and pump the water through it. I feel like I'm just pressing into the hard part of the reservoir. So I ended up getting a bee-free water bottle filter and the bottle is soft. It's super easy to use. I've never had an issue with it. But unfortunately, I really wanted to love the MSR one and I just didn't. So that's kind of $50 down the drain. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. I personally carry a, just the, the regular life straw, but I've seen so many people now with so many different filters now that have gotten even smaller than the life straw, where you can just connect it to either a water bottle or, you know, the pouch that it comes to. I'll have to check that one out that you said and um, include it in the show notes as well so people can, can look it up. So being still fairly new to the hiking scene, you've really have done so much in such a little piece of time like you've crossed off some amazing hikes not just in Washington but also the Pacific Northwest what kind of advice would you have for first-time hikers that are interested in hitting the trails that's going to keep them safe and have a, a rewarding experience on, on the trails because I feel like sometimes people make the mistake when they're first starting off and doing something extremely hard and then that ruins their experience and they're like oh hiking's not for me so yeah is there any advice that you'd give to first-time hikers yeah for first-time hikers I would say you really just have have to start getting out there and see what you like and what you don't. When I first started hiking, I mean, I was just going out there in my Nike runners and my little hot pink Jansport backpack filled with water and snacks and band-aids. You know, I, I didn't know anything. But when I'm talking to people who want to get into hiking, the biggest holdback I hear from them is navigation because they're worried about getting lost, which is a legitimate fear. So I would say there are a lot of hikes that are well populated and those hikes are usually really easy to navigate. There are a lot of hikes that do have cell service, but I wouldn't 100% rely on your phone for navigation. A compass and map are inexpensive. They're easy to learn how to use so you can have a backup. Always let someone know where you're going. If you don't want to go by yourself, have somebody go with you. So I, there are options out there, but really it's just taking that step to get out there and figure out what kind of hikes you like 
like and just testing out gear. Great, solid advice. Yeah, I think people sometimes think that they need like a GPS tracker in order to, to guide them. But especially if they're just getting started, a compass and a map and a YouTube video to kind of explain how to use it will, will serve them just as, as great. And especially like you were mentioning, you can't depend on cell service on the trail because if you have it at, at the trailhead, that doesn't mean you'll have it, you know, a mile or two in. And I've been in those situations myself where I forgot to download the map and now I'm trying to, to figure it out. But yeah, really solid advice on those tips and tricks for new new hikers. Now through these last couple years, Allie, has there been any close calls while you've been on the trail, whether it's getting lost or maybe you had an unexpected wildlife encounter, uh, maybe mother nature caught you by surprise, or even just run-ins with some weird, interesting people? You know, I really haven't had anything super crazy happen on a hike. I I haven't ever really gotten truly lost. No weird people. I've seen a lot of cute animals. I have a secret, not so secret hope that I'll see a bear one day. I don't necessarily, I don't go searching for bears, but I do really want to see one. And one time I was on the Lake Serene hike and I swear I heard one. I, I started the hike at sunrise and I heard something in the woods and I was just like, there's no way that's a human. It's got to be a bear. So I'm standing there for 10 minutes. I'm waiting to see it. Never comes. I'm so disappointed. You know, do my hike. It's wonderful. So I don't know. Either it was a bear or it was Bigfoot, but I won't know because I didn't see it. Now, if, if you had to rank your top three nature encounters, what animals would they be on the trail? Number one, mountain goat, for sure. So cute. And the ones that I actually saw in person were in the enchantments. They're very friendly because people feed them. So you do have to be careful. But yeah, number one, mountain goat. Two, pika, which I didn't even know those were a thing. And I saw one on the Maple Loop Pass trail. So cute. And they make the cutest little squeaking noise. Oh, but are they? I don't know those. They almost look like they have little cartoon mouse ears. They just have like these round little ears. They're pretty small, almost like a chipmunk. And I don't think they have a tail or anything. They're so cute. I didn't even know it was a thing. I had to look it up when I went home and I'm like, how have I never heard of this animal before? So cute. And I would say number three, slugs. I love slugs. (laughs) I know it's weird, but I will be down on the ground giving a slug like a full photo shoot. I think they're so cute. And I get so sad when I see that people have stepped on them. Oh, and that's mostly on the on the west side, right, of, of Washington State that you encounter the slugs? Yeah, there's a lot of them at um, at Wallace Falls and then also at Snoqualmie Falls. I've seen a lot of slugs at both places. And actually, a funny story is that I was on the ground taking pictures of this slug and this guy walked past and he said, oh, like, you know, do you want me to help you? And I'm thinking, help me what? I just kind of look at him and he says, do you want me to take a picture for you? And I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm taking pictures of this slug here. And he said, oh, I thought you were taking pictures of yourself down there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of selfie he thought I was taking, but I'm just doing photo shoots for slugs out here. <laughs> now, did you get a chance to post those um, slug pictures on your Instagram? I don't think I have yet, honestly, because I wanted to do a slug appreciation post. And then for some reason, I think I never posted it. But so slug appreciation posts will be coming. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> 
Now there's only le- well now there's less than two months left in the in the year, and you've kind of already touched base on a couple of the upcoming regions and and places you want to visit. But for the remainder of 2022, is there any hiking goals that you have left? And then what are some of your 2023 hiking goals? So for 2022, um, maybe not something necessarily to accomplish in 2022, but I did sign up for the Arizona Bootleg 100 which is a challenge between December 1st and I think it's March 1st. So it goes into 2023. And basically the challenge is to hike 100 miles in Arizona. Um, You can do group hikes, you can do them on your own. And it will actually be a challenge because I have plans on being in like four different states during that time. So we'll see if I can make it 100 miles in Arizona during that time period. And for 2023, I really want to summit Mount St. Helens. And then I also want to do rem to rem hike in the Grand Canyon. So I have one goal for Washington and one goal for Arizona. Nice. I like it. I have yet to summit Mount St. Helens either, but last couple folks that I've talked to, um, it's been one of their more memorable hikes in Washington. That's really great. And also, I want to give you a big thank you because your post from Maple Pass up in the North Cascades is kind of what was the final convincing that I needed to do it. And, you know, we, we didn't get the, the greatest weather, but it was just surreal with, with the um, snow coming down. But just seeing your post from, from Maple Pass definitely motivated me to go out and, and do it myself. So thank you for that. Yeah, I saw your post after. Yeah, your pictures were incredible too. And that hike, I actually didn't expect it to be as enjoyable as it was. It was extremely beautiful. Yeah, I wasn't too sure on what to expect just because everyone was like you got to do I think counterclockwise because clockwise is a little rougher on on the knees and it was a little bit of elevation gain but yeah it was just perfect throughout the hike never felt exhausted just every single view that we saw was just spectacular and you just kind of kept going and were motivated to keep going did you do it clockwise or counterclockwise so (laughs) that's a funny story all three of us on this on this hike that we we went on for some strange reason we thought counterclockwise was starting on the left hand trail not realizing like we were already like a minute down the trail and then we noticed that everybody else was going the opposite direction and we were like why is everyone going there I thought that's the hard route. And there was like kids, there was like five, six year olds doing this. And I'm like, and then we finally, like literally with our fingers, we're like, oh, that's, that's counterclockwise. (laughs) So then we backtracked and did counterclockwise. But yeah, for some strange reason, all three of us didn't, it didn't click. For some reason, though, it is confusing when you get to the trailhead, which is which. Like, So the only reason I figured it out before I started is I looked for Lake Anne because if you're going counterclockwise, you hit Lake Anne first. And if you do it clockwise, you hit it last. Oh, that's a good trick. So for anybody that's going next year, because I just saw that they they closed the North Cascade Highway um, this week, make sure to look out for Lake Anne. (laughs) It honestly isn't the hardest way, like doing it on the decent. I was like, oh, that's not too bad. But yeah, easier on the knees if you go counterclockwise and follow like Anne first. Well, that's it for, for the regular questions, Allie. The, the next portion is the this or that questions. Have you ever played this or that before? Yes. Okay. 
So all these are hiking related, and you just choose the one that, that you prefer out of the two, all right? So first one, ascending or descending? Ascending. Waterfalls or summits? Summits. Switchbacks or straight up? Straight up. Trek poles or freehand? Trekking poles. Now, do you fuel up before a hike, or do you fill up after? Fill up after. Do you bushwhack or go around? Go around. Jump in or stay dry? Jump in, for sure. Sunsets or sunrises? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'd say for hiking, sunrises. Spring flowers or fall colors? Fall colors. And do you tag a hike or do you not tag a hike? Tag. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allie. Now, for folks that are listening, um, if they want to see some of your old adventures and some of your upcoming adventures, um, what's the the best place they can follow you on social media? Uh, The best place to follow me is on Instagram at Beyond the Sidewalks. I've started reposting some of my reels on TikTok with the same handle, beyond the sidewalks but most of my content is going to be on instagram and i'll make sure to include those um links on the episode show notes but thank you so much Allie. it's been a wonderful time chatting with you and looking forward to seeing the rest of your adventures for 2022 and 2023 thank you so much for having me on today and i'm excited to see more from you because i also like that now i can go and follow the people that are on the podcast and see their pictures from what what they've been talking about with you And I'm excited to see your podcast grow and see the adventures that you go on as well. Oh, thanks, Allie. And yeah, that's one thing I do want to let the audience members know is Allie was one of like the first followers that I had and was so um, inspirational and and motivational. Just a really great person um, that kind of helped me keep going and recording. So thanks, Allie, for the support throughout the last couple months. Really appreciate it. Of course. And it's a total honor to be asked to be on the podcast. I was totally fangirling telling my friends hikes and mics asked me to be on the podcast <laughs> and now you'll you'll have your own episode that you can share with the, the friends and family yeah they're so excited to listen thank you again Allie, for joining us on the latest episode of the hikes and mics podcast make sure to follow her on instagram and tiktok at beyond the sidewalks to check out her hiking adventures across the west coast thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the hikes and mics podcast we'll be putting out new episodes every week through the fall and winter be sure to like and subscribe to not miss out on those also be sure to follow us on instagram at hikes and mics catch you on the next one this episode's music was created by ketza follow him on instagram at ketza music This episode is brought to you by Flip Socks. Whether you're on the trail, on the job, or in the yard, Flip Socks will keep Mother Nature out of your boots with their innovative nylon sleeve. You no longer need to worry about any annoying debris getting trapped in your boots during your hikes. Simply flip down the nylon sleeve over any boot to prevent Mother Nature from finding its way inside, keeping your feet comfortable all day long. To get your first pair, visit flipsockswithaz.com and enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10 percent off your order and for listeners who use the promo code at checkout i'll be donating 100 percent of the season 2 promo code proceeds to big city mountaineers who provide transformative experiences through connections to nature that strengthen life skills and build community for youth and disinvested communities across the nation so if you're tired of bits and pieces of the trail finding its way into your hiking boots pick up a pair of flip socks today with the promo code hikes mikes 10 to get 10 percent off for website and promo code see the episode description